Welcome to Madison Voices. Theater is a reflection of society and the times in which we live. We give voice to the artist's perspective on art, theater, family, and life. We want to take this time to celebrate the talent, passion, and stories of those who are part of the Madison Theater family. Thank you for listening this week. I'm your host, Angelo Ferboni, Artistic Director of the Madison Theater at Malloy College. We've been living through uncertain times recently. I wake up in the morning, I travel from my bedroom to the basement to exercise, to the kitchen for coffee, to my office for work, back to the kitchen for dinner, then to the living room to continue my Netflix binging. I've been in this routine at home for the past six weeks, commuting from room to room. Lately, I feel like I'm on a hamster wheel spinning round and round and not going anywhere. My wife, Michelle, likened it to the movie Groundhog Day, where we relive the same day over and over and over again. It has been difficult to stay positive, even though we've been busy. Good news is always tempered with just enough caution to make you unsure if it's good news at all. The light at the end of the tunnel never seems to get any brighter or any closer. So today, I thought I should talk to two young women who've been on the front lines of the pandemic, both from the Malloy College School of Nursing, ranked as the number one nursing college in the country. As you may or may not know, Malloy faculty, alumni, and graduating seniors have stepped forward to help during these times of crisis during doing an heroic job. Their voices should be heard. Ann Collins is a recent graduate, while Amna Farouk is a senior at Malloy. Both have worked at the theater in the past and are part of the Madison family. Please welcome Ann Collins and Amna Farouk. How are you guys today? Yeah, I'm thrilled that you guys are with us. Good. Uh, let's hit the ground running. It's crazy times. And you're a recent graduate, and you started before the pandemic, correct? So talk about when you started and how you started, and uh, your experience moving from your beginnings to where you are now. Um, so I started at um, around June as a nursing assistant on one of the telemetry cardiac floors. Um, so I kind of saw through the transition from before the pandemic and everything. And then I started as an RN also on a telemetry floor, um, uh, just in the beginning of March, sorry, at the, um, beginning of April. Um, so it's been interesting. It's been an interesting time, especially to be a new graduate. Uh, obviously our floors are predominantly all COVID right now. Um, but yeah, I'm learning a lot. It's definitely a challenge, but we're getting through. Well, uh, what are the major differences, like before the pandemic, uh, you know, what what was your job responsibilities to now when it's been uh, sort of morphed into mostly COVID-19? Um, well, I was in a different role. So I think that that definitely gets factored in. I was a nursing assistant and now I'm a registered nurse. Um, but nonetheless, I was in the same environment. And um, I think that it you know, it just kind of changes your plan of care. And, you know, especially as a new graduate in how like, when you, once you go into the room, you know, you gown up and you have all this equipment and stuff, you really can't come back out. So I feel like it's kind of 
forced me to learn quicker and more be more efficient and effective in my care. Um, unlike, you know, if we weren't in this situation, I knew like I'd be able to run out of the room and go grab if I forgot a supply. And now I really can't do that anymore. So that's probably been one of the challenges for me. So let me ask you a question on that. So if you're in a room and you've forgotten something, what happens? I mean, do you have to go out? You have to re-scrub down? I mean, what's the process um, in some way? We actually have like runners. So um, now that we're part of the NYU Langone health system, we have, you know, so many different offices and stuff. So they have people from all those offices come um, to the hospital floors and they, you know, we can have people grab stuff for us. But, you know, there's just, you know, there's only so many times you really want to be asking and asking and getting so many different things. So I've adapted to it and it's, I think it will make me a more efficient nurse in the long run, but it's definitely been a challenge. Yes. Now, Amna, you're still a senior at, at Malloy, correct? Yes. <laughs> but yet you've been asked to go to, now was this part of your clinicals or is this just something outside of the norm? No, it's definitely outside of the norm. Our clinicals were changed to online. So we do modules online and submit those to our professors. Um, so I was kind of bummed out about that. But then they actually reached out. Um, good uh, Catholic Health Services of Long Island reached out um, to Malloy asking for students to come on the front lines and start helping right away as nurse extenders, which is a term that they used for during a time of crises um, where they can use um, nursing students um, to help the nurses on the floor. Right. Are you, so are you in a limited capacity uh, for what you can do? Oh, yeah, definitely, because I'm not registered and I'm not licensed. So it is like I'm with another nurse and we can't do anything on our own um, until we take that, until we take our boards. Um, yeah, we're just helping out as much as we can, helping right. the nurses on the floor, doing as much as we can to make it easier on everybody. And so how has the Malloy faculty aided you in this situation? Are you able to lean on them or come back to them asking questions and stuff? Yeah, definitely. Our clinical instructors as well as our lecture professors have all been really nice and they've been very helpful. And um, any questions that we have, I know I know uh, one of my friends personally who's also doing it with me at Good Sam, and we've both um, asked several questions to our professors and they've been very helpful. And, and they call us and they'll reach out to make sure that we're doing okay and asking us for anything that we need. Right. Now, some of the faculty at Malloy, some of the, your instructors are actually working in the hospitals as well. Is that correct? Yes, many, many, many of them are working. Right. Even the ones who weren't working, they a lot of them started working in order to help right now. Right. So let's talk about clinicals because some of our listeners might not know what a clinical is. And why don't you talk about the Malloy process, the nursing college process in clinicals and how that's helped you and, and guided you into the professional world? Yeah. Um, so something unique, two things unique about Malloy's program is we start clinical so early on. So you have such a strong amount of clinical experience in the field before you enter the field. So we start sophomore year with our clinicals and fundamental, um, rotations, uh, where you learn a lot and you learn quickly into your program, whether, you know, this is what you want to continue doing or not. Um, and then we also are required to have a critical care 
portion of our program. So unlike other programs that I know of, either critical care is not offered or it's pass fail or it's optional. But for us, it's actually over two semesters. So we have the theory portion of it as well as a clinical um, portion, which is so, so, so helpful. And I think it really sets the Malloy nurses apart from the others because we have that critical experience. In the critical care, how has that helped in, in this situation? With the COVID nineteen, is that are you are you falling back on the fundamentals that you were taught there? Are you thankful for this stuff? Or oh yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like the critical care piece of it really brought it full circle. When I was like, I mean, Amna knows she's in the class now, and you just learned so much. Like, I mean, I don't think I've ever learned so much in a class in my life, and I always find myself you know, kind of going back to that and having that all as a reference and, and as a gauge of, you know, where I can, you know, where what I know and what I don't know. And it was just so helpful to have that experience. Amna, do you feel the same way? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like all the classes that we took before critical care really prepare us for critical care. And I can see us all sitting in that class well, when we were in class in the beginning of the semester. I, you can see everybody putting everything together. And I feel like it's really nice to see and, and you really feel like, like, wow, it's all coming together now. So I'm hoping the second portion of my critical care, the clinical, which is supposed to be next semester, last semester, I hope that doesn't get canceled, but we'll see. Let me ask you a question. You talk about putting things together. Were there things in this program that you were thinking, why am I learning this? Why am I spending so much time on this? And then having it come together later in the program? Yeah, I definitely or, felt that way. Um, we have to take pathophysiology, and that was one of my hardest classes. Um, it's like about the disease process in the human body. And it was really hard for me. And I really, really hated that class. That was probably one of my least favorite classes. And, but um, like coming into critical care, like you realize like how much you needed that knowledge base in order to build upon it when you get to these like higher level courses. Right. What about you, Anne? Was there things that you just thought, why am I, why am I in this class or why am I studying this? Or oh, Yeah, absolutely. I think that would happen more often than not. I you know, especially through like the sophomore, junior year phases, you're taking so many classes that are seemingly so similar. You're taking fundamentals, then you're taking med surge one, med surge two. And like, generally you're covering the same topics and they're just kind of building upon each other more and more and more. And then you, I, it felt like you hit critical care and it was like, oh, like that makes sense. <laughs> So the Malloy program really gives you those building blocks and really helps you find the, gives you all these different tools to put together once you guys are in the professional world. Oh, That's yeah. what it sounds like. Absolutely. So you guys both have talked about how difficult the program is. Now, does everybody make it through this program? I mean, it sounds like that you and you mentioned that sophomore clinicals really make people decide whether this is what they want to be doing or not. I mean, is the first two years the most difficult time or is it hard for the entire four years? I see you shaking your head, in. <laughs> I, you know, even like when it came to my pinning ceremony, which is like, you know, like a graduation ceremony for the nursing program, I was walking down the aisle and I like could not believe it. I was like, is this really, ha this is really happening. Like I couldn't believe I made it through. It felt like every step of the way there was just another challenge like even when you think you can like put your guard down and you're like okay I got this like there was something else which 
in a way, I guess that's like a mentality you need to have for the profession itself. And it, it, like in hindsight, it all makes sense. But in the moment, it was just so difficult and so challenging. So you're as you're walking down the aisle to get your pin, mm -hmm. and you, as you said, it's your graduation, and it's a proud moment for nursing and all the nursing uh, students. Were you actually thinking, are they going to throw something at us yes. as I'm walking down? <laughs> yes. My mom said she never saw me look more nervous in my life. I was like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> yeah. So Amna, you're a senior, and all the pinning ceremonies – which are very important and that you've been looking forward to have all been moved either online or going to be virtual pinnings and stuff like that. Um, I mean, this interruption in your senior year, how has that been for you? How has that been for your classmates? Are you guys struggling with this or are you guys just taking it in stride? Talk a little bit about your experience this senior year. Um, well, I'm actually graduating in December, not in May. So my pinning ceremony has not been canceled as of yet. But I know a lot of people who were graduating or who are graduating in May and they, it has been canceled. And it's really, really a bummer. It's really sad because you've been waiting for this. Like, as Ann mentioned, like that moment, you know, you've been waiting for that moment for four years and like going going through all this like all these hard classes and you just like okay but when I pin like you know you get excited and then it's really sad and I feel really bad for all of my fellow classmates who are not going to be able to go to that it's really sad they are very bummed out I've spoken to a lot and everybody's very upset oh, I'm sure now what what is the pin is the pin like a big m for Malloy or what what, what is the pin I know it represents you passing you know the class and everything but What's the symbol and how do you know, do people carry it with them? And um, it's like the crest of the um, school of nursing. And I've seen people wearing it before, like on their IDs at work and stuff. I think that's something people are very proud of, um, especially Malloy nurses. I feel like they just have such a sense of pride of being able to make it that far. <laughs> um, <laughs> But it's a, a big thing all nursing schools for the most part do it's like a symbol of like passing on of you know the torch to the new nurses and the new ones going into the field right and you're still working in all these hospitals and or uh, Amna you mentioned you were working with a friend there uh, you, you're seeing a lot of Malloy alumni Oh, in, in yeah. these situations so, that you're working yeah, with them? You know, yeah, well. faculty, you know, professors I see, you know, on, on some of the floors, they work all over. You know, that's the thing, too, about just generally Malloy faculty. They're all working in these hospitals in New York. You know, while you're learning from them, they're out there. And it's nice to have, like, those that extra support that are going through the same thing that you're going through. Right. Same thing with you, Amna? Yeah, I've seen many, many people from Malloy. Because everybody asks, oh, like, what school do you go to? And we say Malloy, and everybody's like, oh, I'm from Malloy, I'm from Malloy, I'm from Malloy, I went to Malloy 20 years ago, 30 years ago. This is Yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. You guys were talking about how difficult this program is, but Ann and Amna, I'll start with Ann on this one, is you've done a lot of other things besides just your your nursing program you were involved in some of the student government if i recall you're very active on the student government you were you were um a college uh ambassador you were 
you worked at the Malloy, the MPAC, uh, the Malloy Performing Arts Club. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you did a lot of different things. I mean, uh, you know, I wonder how you had time and found yeah, time to do all the things. Too. When I saw Anne, I thought she was a business major because I was like, nursing majors are not just involved. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <Wait>. So, <laughs> Yeah. So even yeah. on the so talk, talk talk about that experience of, of doing all the extra stuff on top of the nursing program. Um. Yeah. I mean, you know, that was always something I always did. I always found myself involved and in leadership roles and like you know organizations and things like that. And coming into Malloy, I knew that's what I wanted to do, but I definitely like met some apprehension from people that were like, Oh, you're not going to be able to do that. Like when my freshman year, when I joined MPAC, they were like, Oh, nursing majors don't make it past their freshman year. A nursing major has never been president. I mean, like I would just get all these things. And I was like, I'm not going to not do what I want to do, but I'm going to feel it out. Um, and you know, each year I kind of grew and did a little bit more and it's, I never found like it was like, getting in the way of my work I, I always felt like it was just it was what I enjoyed to do it was like a stress reliever and it just kind of built into my college experience and I can't imagine not having it but people always would ask like I don't know how on earth you're doing all of it and I still I still worked part-time I still did it all but it was just a stress reliever if anything else so and so you, while you were doing this and now that you don't have to do it anymore and you're just doing one thing, yeah. what are you find what are you finding for for stress relief now? I mean, you're in a very stressful situation. So Um, oh don't get me wrong. I'm still looking for ways to get involved. <laughs> you know, like with like <laughs> professional organizations and like some different like councils and stuff within the hospital, even though, you know, it's been what a month. But <laughs> um I mean, I think like right now I'm just focusing the most on you know, like being good in what I do and, you know, being a really good nurse and learning as much as I can right now, which is taking up most of my time. Um, yeah, that's really taking up most of my time. I'm doing as much as I can outside of work to, you know, learn and do different resources. So we'll see, we'll see what's next to keep myself busy. <laughs> yeah. No, Amna, you've worked for me for four years at the Madison theater. You worked box office and as you mentioned, you don't know how and continue to do this because usually we have a lot of nursing students that work for us, but usually we have them the first two years, maybe a little bit of the third year, but after that they're gone and we don't see them, but you continue to work. So how have you been able to balance work with, uh, with your studies and everything you've had to deal with? Um, it definitely did, did get challenging as the years went on. My parents definitely were like, you need to stop working and focus on school only. But I, I really enjoyed being at work and I was able to, if I was overwhelmed that week, like the people that I work for, like you, were very understanding <laughs> about what I had, what I had to do and stuff. And you guys, you have the greatest boss in the world, yeah, right? But yeah, I think that that support was really helpful. Um, to make sure that I could continue working while I was in clinical and lectures and all this. So uh, we're very understanding. We understand that college is more important and the most important thing, especially for the nursing students and business students that work for us. Um, we know that it's a challenge. Uh, the um, Let's talk about your parents. You mentioned, you know, your parents wanted you to stop working and stuff like that, uh, but they have to, 
be a little apprehensive about what you're doing now. You're going into the front lines. You're um, experiencing a lot of different. Uh, you're opening yourself up to um, some risk factors here. How are they dealing with them? How are they? Are they supportive of this, or are they? You know, talk a little bit about your reactions. Amna, um, since we were with you, let's continue with that. Um, my parents have been very supportive, but they are very, very nervous. Um, they're like, I don't know if you're prepared enough or you know how to protect yourself enough, like all of the nurses who have graduated. Like, they, they're very nervous about that. But they are supportive and they're very proud that um, I am doing this. And I had to at first explain, my mom was saying that I shouldn't, but I had to explain, like, this is the time, like, I'm a senior nursing student. So, like, this is the time where it's needed. And this is where there's shortages. And, like, I would feel really bad if I was able to help and I was just sitting at home while all this was happening. Because most of us at Malloy who choose nursing do it because, you know, they have a passion. We have a passion to help people. and We want to be there on the front lines helping people um, no matter what it takes. And I feel like this time is like the most valuable time. Like I'm not going to get an experience like this. I'm not going to be able to help people like this. Like, I don't know if something like this will happen again in my lifetime. So I felt like it, w- it was necessary for me to go in. Yeah. Well, let's hope this doesn't happen again in your lifetime, but how do, yeah. how do you, what do you do? Do you self quarantine yourself at home when you come back? I mean, how, how's that process? Yeah, I actually um, moved into the basement to stay away from my father because he's in his late 50s and he has diabetes and i'm very nervous that i bring it into the house so that's like my biggest fear is bringing it back home so i i just stay in the basement now um separate bathroom everything separate entrance and i just stay away from them as much as i can wow that must be hard on the family it is very hard because i get very bored but i know it's for the greater good so and you're a very social person you like to interact with people (laughs) exactly (laughs) It's really hard for me to stay home. Um, I'm in the basement all alone, but I, I face time a lot. So. <laughs> and Anne, what about you? What's your process when you come home from the hospital? And what are your parents' reactions? And um, Well, I still live at home. So, I mean, it, it's definitely stressful coming home. Um, but I'm very, very careful. I almost get more nervous about, like, them when they go out if it's like the groceries or something because I know myself and I know my like my background is to be aware of like infection and prevention and everything and um I get nervous about if they need to go out I'm like I'll, I'll, I can go like if you need to pick something up or something like that but um I I mean it definitely changes your routine when you come home it I live so close to work and I you know it takes me like an hour and a half just to like fully be done with work by the time I like get home and I shower and then I, I have to clean the whole bathroom. I have to clean everywhere I walk and clean the car. I mean, I do everything just as a preventative measure. And I feel like that's been the most, um, like challenging thing so far, like in terms of coming home and everything. So is it more stressful being home than it is being at work? I mean, oh, definitely. <laughs> I feel like, cause at work, you know, you have, you know, you have the equipment, you have, you know what to expect. Um, and it's just a little easier in that sense. You know, you have the protective equipment, you know, at home, you don't really know, like you, you could be as careful as you want to be, but you don't always know if you got it all or whatnot. So. Right. So being a nurse, has it made you a little more paranoid 
with you know you, you knowledge sometimes <laughs> i would say ignorance is bliss because when you don't know something you you're not afraid of it but you guys are so um educated about you know diseases and stuff like that does every little cough and scratch and itchy throat and sniffle make you paranoid oh yeah i mean i think just nursing school in general has made me like a little bit more of a, a nervous nelly when it comes to my health <laughs> i mean all all the time i will text some of my friends like the most ridiculous things thinking i have them and they still entertain it and they're like you like you're not like you're not having a stroke and <laughs> like oh you're you're right yeah but do tell do tell what are some of the most ridiculous things that you've texted people that you thought you had oh god i don't i don't even know i'm not, i'm sure you've had this too like all the time or even when we were studying stuff like i would read like these obscure diseases and i'm like i have that <laughs> like, i'm like i must have this thing i was actually um yeah. in in january i had gotten flu b when i went to florida and i was convinced i had coronavirus i was reading about it from china and i was like there's no way but like i was just like yeah i have coronavirus like those, those are the symptoms that people are saying but then like i got tested positive for flu b but still to this day i'm still gonna go with that i'm hoping i have the antibodies in <laughs> <laughs> you're hoping you have the antibody so let me, let me ask you guys a question let's let's get more back into this corona since you you thought you had it um uh, i mean when you back in march and april it was a long island in new york were the peak i mean they were the epicenter of the united states and cases were coming in left and right we were having tragic uh loss of life during this time. And now it's sort of tapered off. We've sort of peaked and started coming down the mountain a little bit. Has protocols changed? Has it felt less busy? Or is it still as fanatic as it was? And was it was there ever a panic that set in in your institutions during during the peak time? Or was everything just very you know, fundamental um, and moving forward? I feel like there was never, like I know for my hospital, we were definitely one of the hotspots. Um, in the area. And I never felt like there was like a panic. I mean, there's, I feel like they were always so many steps ahead. Like when this first, you know, like the conversations of their plans first started, I remember thinking like, Oh, but like, it was kind of one of those mentalities of like, I felt like, Oh, but not us. Like that's not going to happen to us. But they were so like, they had so many plans set for what could happen. And I never felt like we were like, outwardly overwhelmed at least from my perspective like at that time I was a nursing assistant but um I felt like they were just very prepared for each step of the way and how is it now so when, then it hit and every, all those protocols went into place correct yeah and then then, and then go ahead and then there's a, there was always like a, another step like just in case I felt like there was always another plan and have they just continued the same protocols now, now that it's lessening? Have they opened up the hospital a little bit more? Or are they still pretty yeah, much? Yeah, I think, you know, I think slowly things are, you know, improving and, um, you know, certain areas that have been transformed, I think we'll start to see slowly, you know, going back to what they were. I, I hope we'll see that across the board at, you know, most of the hospitals in the area. Right. And Amna, you're at, and you sort of came in during the height of it, so you didn't you went, you didn't see the ramp up as much. But did they give you uh, material on, on protocols and what to read up on before you even came in? How how was that process, or did you go in right into training 
And you're not in the COVID section. You're more in, yeah, in, the, in paternity or maternity. Yeah, I've been in maternity and um, oncology unit for patients who are getting radiation and chemotherapy. We go back and forth because I'm still afloat right now. I haven't been on a COVID unit yet, but um, yeah, it's been it's been very crazy. But they've been. I feel like when I went into the hospital, I felt a sense of calm because everybody there was so calm. Like it felt like everything was handled. Like everybody was calm and they felt like they knew what they were doing. Like they had steps in place to make sure that they knew exactly what to do. And when. And do they have at the, for the maternity ward and the oncology wards, do they have different separate entrances for these patients? Or, I mean, how does that work? They're not, everyone's not feeding through the same entrances, are they? Um, there isn't a separate entrance, but um, before you go into that ward, they do have precautions for you to take to make sure. And then um, what they're doing is they're not letting um, the father come in until after the baby is born. They're now letting them in like briefly, but then they're trying to get these mothers and babies out immediately. So what's uh, what's it like delivering babies or being in, in a maternity ward? Is that something that you enjoy? I do enjoy it a lot. I love um, babies and children so it is really fun for me i was very happy when i That's was on that floor so you talked about people not being like loved ones not being left in and i'll, I'll come back to you anna on this uh is that been hard is it, how do you ex- how do the nurses and how are you explaining and talking to the families when they're saying i just want to you know i, I just want to say hello i just want to visit them uh, i mean this has got to be calling and they they really want to come up or like when um discharges are happening they want to come up to um get the patient cuz usually the family comes up to the floor when they get discharged and they take them down but now they're meeting we're, we're taking the patients down and meeting them um on the first floor so that they can take them from there so that's been hard patients families call all the time we try to get we try to get to them as fast as we can, but our priority is the patient. You know, our family's calling a million times. Like we, we completely understand, and we try to get back as, as much as we can, but we have to focus on, you know, the patient first. Absolutely. And what about you, Anne? I mean, you're born the COVID case. You know, we hear these stories in the news about people dying alone and stuff like that. What, what have you noticed, or you know? Um, I haven't had a lot of experience with, you know, anything like that, but in terms of like resources for, you know, families to be able to contact, um, you know, their family members in the hospital, there's, they've implemented so many different resources, like, uh, like FaceTiming and different iPads and like, uh, different technology that allows them to be able to keep in touch with everyone and keep the family and everyone on the same page, which has been good. Is that unusual? To have that sort of technology in in the department. I mean, I had I had never seen an iPad, you know, used to FaceTime a family member before. But you know, I'm I've would imagine that'd be the best way to do it, uh, given everything. So I think it works. Yeah. So let me talk about your your Malloy training going into the the uh, into this world of chaos. Do you think that Malloy prepared you well for first of all? just becoming a nurse, but then also dealing with a crisis like this? Oh, yeah. I mean, no question. I've been saying to so many of my friends and everything, like, thank God I went to Malloy. Um, Just because I feel like I am prepared and I'm confident, you know, in areas I otherwise would not have been. Um, 
I just, I feel like Malloy prepares us so, so well in so many different capacities. And more often than not, I find that like they all, those, like those different experiences kind of all come together and come out in different ways. Um, but yeah, I mean, thank God, thank God I went to Malloy. I feel like I, I can take on anything after getting through the program. And even with a pandemic, I mean, they don't, I, I can't imagine you being trained specifically for pandemic, but you know, how, how, yeah. how... <laughs> I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how, um, you know, I'd love to, you know, keep in touch with some professors and just see like how that this whole situation might affect any like aspects of the program in any capacity, obviously like this wouldn't be like, you know, it's like a, there's like this quote that um, they sometimes use in medicine where it's like, sometimes when you hear hoof beats, you assume it's a horse, but sometimes it is a zebra. And like, I know this isn't a common occurrence, but sometimes it could happen. And I wonder if that's going to shape the program in any way. Right. So say that again. So you hear the hoof beats and you assume it's a horse. Yeah, and you always assume it's a horse, but sometimes that, like that just one that that one time it might be a zebra. Like you don't ever always know what it really can be. Right. That's that's a great quote. What about you, Amna? Do you think that you're prepared and you're ready to hit the hit the streets in the, the professional world of nursing? Um, well, I definitely want my capstone clinical semester, and then I feel like I'll be ready. So what's the capstone? Explain what this capstone clinical is, because you guys talk so much about it. Choose what you want your last clinical to be, like which um, unit you want it to be in. So everybody chooses, like, because, you know, we went through a bunch of different clinicals, so you get to choose which one you like, like pediatrics, um, labor and delivery, if you like med surge or, or, or any whatever floor, or ER. Um, I chose um, ICU because I want to be an ICU nurse. And I'm in ICU, um, critical care right now. And, like, yeah, I really want that to happen. No, that's, that's a wonderful thing. What about you, Anne? What was your capstone? Um, oh man, capstone. Capstone is like such an incredible experience. I feel like that's what like really makes you feel like a nurse and like feels, makes you feel prepared. My, um, and the cool thing about being in New York is you can choose, like you can rank different areas you want to be in. Um, so you could put Manhattan, Queens, Nassau, Suffolk, whatever it may be. Um, so I put, I think I put like Queens, Nassau, Manhattan. I don't really remember, but I ended up at Forest Hills Hospital, LIJ Forest Hills. And I mean, it's all real world experience. I was doing, I was night shift. I would do like three or four 12 hour shifts a week with the nurse that I was following. And I was in the float pool and I would go to like the ED. I'd go to cardiac floors, surgical floors. I mean, it's such a great experience. You get to do so much. And what's the ED? Oh, the emergency department. Okay. So, yeah. You're working night shifts four times a week. What was your schoolwork like yep. at Malloy? Um, well, the way that the program's built, so you have um, the first half of that last semester is critical care. So you're in a normal clinical setting with a professor and everything, and then that drops off and that's done. And you're in the classroom taking a leadership class and that's hybrid. So by the time your capstone begins, that also drops off and you're doing everything else online. So you're really able to dedicate the rest of your time to working 
a full as a full-time nurse for a few weeks and when you're on a 12-hour shift both of you can probably answer this because you guys have both been doing that is there any time off or you guys can just constantly moving do you, do you are you able to sit down and open up a book and look at stuff or anything i think it depends it definitely depends on what where you are or what night you know you kind of have you know there's some nights where you can take a break and sit and maybe eat something. And then there's some nights where you're, you know, you're running around just to get everything done. I think it just depends. Amna? Yeah, definitely. I think because we're students, they've been a little easier on us and they, they do try to get us breaks as much as we can. But like some nights you're just, Oh yeah, I'm on night shift right now. So sometimes you're just really busy and you just don't get a chance. And Into your days. encourage it. Do the sh- do the shifts go by quickly when you're busy? Oh yeah. Or- oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and do you ever go? Oh, it's time to go home. Thank God. <laughs> yeah, I don't even know. What oh wait, we're almost done. Yeah. Do- well, they have clocks. I was going to say it's like a casino where they don't have clocks, so you don't have to. You, you can't watch, but it's they have they have clocks over there. Um, so, what's next for you guys? I mean. Um, now let's start with you because you do have some things that you're looking forward to and you might not be able to get to. So, so what's next? I mean, have you, has Malloy been in contact with you about their plans or, and how they, you know, plan on proceeding next semester for you? Um, there haven't been any decisions made about next semester yet. I'm eagerly waiting to hear. Uh, I think they're trying to wait until the last minute because they really want to get us back into school, but We'll have to see what's going on and how the situation is and what, you know, state government decides. Right. Now, because you're a nurse and you've been put into the front lines now during this pandemic, uh, do you think it would affect a capstone project or could or could they continue with that? Because, I mean, it's basically furthering what you're doing right now. Well, I don't know. I'm not sure. I hope so. But um, if. The gov- like if the governor says that we can't have school right now, then I don't know if we're still going to be able to be going into clinical because it is through Malloy, so it would be Malloy's mm-hmm. responsibility, you know, taking all right. into the hospital. So it is a lot of liability and legal stuff. No, so. I understand that. Are you getting credit for what you're doing with the Good Samaritan now? Is it part of the college experience, or is this just outside of that? No, it doesn't count as any clinical experience. We were actually hoping that it would, but so far, um, they have said that. Um, nothing that we do in the hospital right now can count as clinical experience. Could Which makes sense. To be with professors and watching us. And, right. Yeah. So there's no oversight by the by the, the college. Yeah. You know, oh, that makes sense. What's next for you, Anne? You talk about uh, all the different things that you're trying to get involved in. <laughs> um, I mean, for right now, definitely just focusing on, you know, on being a nurse and, you know, becoming really good at that and mastering what I can and learning every day. I mean, you learn every single day, um, in this job and that's, what's most important for me right now. Um, but I mean like long-term I do hope and plan to get my master's in like, um, healthcare administration and, but we'll see where I'm focusing on the, the whole nurse thing first and then <laughs> see how I can advance in nursing that way. And you've had no time to relax. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, my one last question is who's, uh, you know, who's been, uh, 
Well, let me ask this question first. What's what's helped you get through these times? What's how you know what 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 are you doing to mentally get you through everything that you've been going through and dealing with and and these work process? Um, now, what 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 has helped you get through this? Uh, I work out a lot. That helps me, like when I'm stressed or tired. I just I love working out and getting all that out and. And FaceTime a lot of family and friends. Having having that support is always really helpful. And you're getting a lot of support from family and friends? Yeah, definitely. Everybody's calling you- and texting and wants to know what's going on. And everybody has a million questions. And yeah. Oh, yeah. One thing we didn't talk about, have you guys gotten any response from people on the streets as you're walking into work or... You know, have you had any of that? Uh, yeah, when when I'm getting my coffee to try to stay up during these night shifts, then people people will definitely appreciate, it and they they'll try to let us cut cut lines, um, go in front of them because they know that we're um, either on our way or on our way back and tired. So really, I I do appreciate that. That's nice. What about you, Anne? Um. Yeah. Definitely. Um. I I find that. People are very appreciative of everything, you know, on my literal first day of orientation, um, I was walking, uh, by the train station with one of my friends, who's also a Malloy alum, who was starting in the same orientation group as me. And there were some construction workers that saw us in uniform and they just started cheering. They were like, thank you. We're like, Oh my God, it's our first day. Thank you anyway. We're like, okay. Um, but yeah, people definitely, you know, it's so many people are, you know, are reaching out people that I, I mean, like teachers from high school and old friends and my like childhood friends, parents, like people I never thought I'd really hear from much ever again are reaching out in so many different capacities. And I think that's just, it's so nice to hear from so many people. No, that, that is terrific. Um, okay, so who, who, what made you get into nursing? I mean, what influenced you? And even if it didn't get, what one person really shaped your life and just kind of changed you and sort of guided you saying, this is what I really want to do? Do you have a person like that, Anne? Um, I mean, my grandmother was a nurse, and I think that definitely played a role in um, my choice. But she was a nurse in London. She was a midwife and she lived in London and she rode a bike and she delivered babies. And I feel like that was like a totally different like picture of nursing that I had compared to what it is now and what it is, especially here in the United States. And um, I feel like there was never like one person that really fully shaped the experience. I think it's like a compilation of so many different professors and nurses. I mean, some of the most important nurses that have really shaped my becoming a nurse, I I maybe can't even name their names. Maybe they were just a stray nurse at a hospital that, you know, told me like, no, you're really good at this. Like, you know what you're doing? Like, and it was just kind of those small, like little pieces of encouragement that kind of kept you going along each time. Right. And did you, uh, let's talk a little bit about your, your grandmother. Was your grandmother, your aunt, who was the nurse? My, my grandmother. So, I mean, she was a midwife that would travel by bicycle to work. Did you ever, did you ever travel with her and go to these? Oh no. So she was, she was in London. She was young. She was like in her twenties at the time. 
she's she like moved, lived in Ireland and then moved to London to study nursing, which is where nursing was really founded. Actually, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. That's nice. That that's a great story. It really is. Yeah, it is. Amna, what about you? Who's the one influencer? Why did you get into nursing? Um, well, my whole family is all in business. My parents own a business. My older sister went into accounting. My brother went into accounting. My younger sister is also going into accounting. Oh, like, <laughs> why are you doing this? <laughs> I don't understand. Um, but my best friend's mom was actually, um, she's a nurse, and she actually, like, all her stories and everything, I really felt like, that profession was right for me rather than business because I am very social and I like to speak to people, get to know people, know their stories. And um, I really love that. And I knew accounting was not going to work for me. Um, but yeah, and she got me um, an in like a high school internship at Bellevue hospital in Manhattan where she worked while I was in 11th grade. So I feel like that really sealed the deal. I really, um, really enjoyed it. And I learned from that. That's amazing. That's amazing. So Bellevue, which floor did she work on in Bellevue? Um, she worked on a regular telemetry telemetry floor, but um, we were rotating all around um, different floors. And I was actually, I, I enjoyed the most the NICU, the neonatal ICU. So that's where I had decided I wanted to do before I even started nursing. But then when you actually get into the program and you're actually doing it, then it gets a little different. Now I want to do ICU. Um, true. <laughs> yeah, because the NECU people are, they're special people. I mean, my uh, granddaughter was in the NECU for, you know, two weeks, and those nurses were fantastic, fantastic people. Um, great. So, what, what great movies or series are you binging on Netflix right now? Oh, God, I watch too many shows. What's your favorite right now? What, 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 what's, your, what's your kryptonite? Oh, gosh, I don't know. I'm currently re-watching The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, which is like the best ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen I it. Have. Oh, so good. <laughs> um, I don't know. I've been re-watching that. Love is Blind. Oh, I, I mean, I gave it I gave it a shot. You gave it a shot. <laughs> it's so funny. I love that one. I'm surprised you guys aren't seeing the Tiger King because that seems to be okay, all the rage. I okay, I started that one too. <laughs> yeah, I was—I I didn't get into that one either, but I, it was like too nerve-wracking for me to watch. It's like watching a train wreck. Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> Amna, do you have any series or anything that you've been watching? Uh, I don't really like watching television much. So I just watched Love is Blind, like, at the beginning of all of this. And after I started working, I didn't really watch much TV after that. I'm not a TV person. <laughs> well, we'll leave it at that. I just want to thank you both for being here today. Uh, uh, thank you to my guests, Ann Collins and Amna Farouk, uh, for chatting today. You know, them and their medical personnel are the true heroes of this fight. I want to thank everyone, you, your hospital, Malloy Nursing, and all the first responders for stepping up during our time of need. Until we meet again, we'll keep the seats warm for you. I want to thank producers Kathleen the Machine Marino, Eileen Swagger Sweeney, and the VP of Advancement Edward the Terrific Thompson. Technical support and editing by Calvin the Great Guevara Flores, graphic designs by Francis Bounting Bonnet, and Sarah Prancing Palazzolo.